and welcome to episode 23 of the Story Not Forgotten podcast. We're brought to you by Capturing Legacies, because everyone's got a story to tell, and it's time to tell yours. Visit CapturingLegacies.com to get started. My name is Liam Rathgaber, partner and anthologist with Capturing Legacies, as well as your host. And we've got two guests joining us today. They are multi-genre entertainers, hip-hop artists, dance producers, choreographers, actors. Uh, they're currently working on a new project with, as the facts for your new album. We've got Prophesied and J. Ross. Thanks for joining me, guys. <laughs> awesome. What's up, man? Hey, how you doing? Uh, because we do what we do without any ado, why don't you tell us your story? All right. Well, um, I guess I'll give you a little bit of backstory Paint because it should make make much more sense if I do this first. So I'll get into um, a quick history uh, piece real quick here. So on my mom's side, our family uh, was from Sierra Leone, then went from there, enslaved, taken to Europe, fought for Britain, and then was granted emancipation and then landed um, in Nova Scotia, which is where that land was allotted after fighting for the Brits. So that's the black loyalist side. On my dad's side, it was um, Africa going through um, Jamaica, Cuba, Florida, North Carolina, um, Underground Railroad running from there and seeked emancipation in um, uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the land actually that we uh, deemed and found up there was called Africville and that was in the early 1800s. So that's, you know, slavery wasn't quote-unquote technically abolished 1865 I say that loosely <laughs> but um we were in hiding in uh, Africville in the Bedford Basin around the 1812-1816 so that was you know 50 years prior to actually the abolishment of slavery so um that's the back history mm -hmm. so the reason why I want to give you that is because I'm gonna you know gotta let people know that even though it's what 2018 you know Still, slavery is still. still going on. It yeah. still goes on. But now it's mental slavery as opposed to, you know, the physical in-chain slavery yeah. back then. Uh, my family is almost the same thing, except my father's European descent. Uh, my mother's side is related to Jay. And um, basically every, he, everything he said about where we came from and what was pretty much the same. Because uh, we're all related on that side of the family. Well, I should step in and say that... Uh, we should probably throw out an, an extra content warning on this one because we're going to be uh, diving into into some of the ugly side of this. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have been warned. All right, you have been warned. All right, Jay. <laughs> so what I want to say first is, um, as everybody knows, there's a movement going on nowadays. Everybody's using that Black Lives Matter. I'm the first to say all lives matter. I just want people to know that straight up. Yep. So I'm not just this. Black Lives Matter and nothing else. Being a, a black male, I believe that all lives matter. So I'm going to start off with that. So um, how the story is, is I've been brought up in the entertainment uh, business, been um, a pr predominant pillar of uh, hip hop and urban music in the early 90s mm -hmm. with um, a couple groups started off with Noel and the Old Crew. My brother was part of the Earth Tones, which was a big boy band that was pretty popular in the 90s. And I was doing the, um, you know, my thing with Noel and the Oak Crew. Um, as uh, it came later in the 90s, I peered off and started to do my own um, 
musical, you know, exploits with my own band. Had a band called at that time Froside. We were playing a lot, quite a bit in the city, tons. So uh, we got offered a gig at uh, what was before it was actually the Whiskey, okay. which is on uh, what you know Tenth Avenue and what First Street. Yep. Um, so, so for out of town listeners, it's right basically hard yeah. downtown Calgary. And this was before it was even the Whiskey. It was actually their grand opening, mm-hmm. um, and that was actually January of two thousand. And um, they invited for the, which is the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> so for the, to share the opening of the whiskey, Boney M was, <laughs> was, was the opening act. And my band uh, at the time, Froside, were asked to open up for Boney M and the grand opening of the whiskey. Just to give you a quick um, look at what my band looked like culturally and ethnically, we had an Italian guy on bass. A okay. Caucasian guy on keyboards, a black guy on drums, a uh, Caucasian guy on guitar, and me, well, multicultural dude, on vocals. <laughs> so, you know, it was like trail mix. <laughs> mix nuts, for sure. Just the, just the collage of ethnic colors, for sure, right? So we um, did the show, went really good, great show. Uh, really good, had a great time, you know, uh, Boney M was interesting, that's all I'm going to say, <laughs> that's I don't want to talk about, it's more than that, yeah, interesting fellow, interesting, so um, after that show, winding down, and, um, you know, set, settling up, and uh, breaking down gear, mm-hmm. I was uh, living in the um, 13, my, this is weird. Here's, this was my address at the time, 1313 13th Avenue, Southwest <laughs> center point West building, 1313 13th Avenue. I don't know if that is any significance, yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to use that just in case there was some significance. I didn't notice till now. So that's where I used to live. So I was getting a ride with the keyboard player. So that's the Caucasian, uh, fellow. Um, and I can't mention him cause he's actually, uh, he was very traumatized. It's Scott Henderson, which if anybody knows Scott Henderson, he's a really big guy in the music scene and growth and development of young artists. Um, very big, very big in that in that scene. Done a lot of television and a lot of coaching, mentoring. He was the head guy and founder of the Earth Tones, which okay. was the group my brother was in, which is the boy band that was really big in the 90s uh, for Canada. So that's who was playing keyboards with me. So I was uh, getting a ride back with him. Yeah, this old Scott, don't get mad at me. I don't remember the year the, the car. It was so nice, but I want to say it was a 66, like, Impala. Nice. It was a really nice old school car. Um, like I said, I might have got it wrong, but <laughs> I'm trying to vaguely remember. So um, so we are packing up our gear. So we're in the back alley of uh, 10th and 1st of um, Whiskey. Mm-hmm. So we're in the back alley. We're loading gear because that's where the back area is. We're loading gear in the car. He's inside the car, I'm outside the car, we're handing gear, we're loading it in. And I get a tap on my right shoulder as I'm loading gear and I'm just like, what? You know, I'm busy, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know man, I'm loading gear. And then I hear a voice saying, yeah, you're not that busy, trust me. And I was like, okay, well, um, yeah, I'm loading gear. He goes, yeah, you need to turn around. So Scott's in the car and I'm outside of the car. And uh, turn around, 
and I see two big um, Caucasian skinheads standing in the back of a pickup truck and one guy that's probably, you know, about a foot from me, another skinhead, um, tatted up, um, you know, swastikas and they, they had a final resolution, which I think was pretty big at that time, final resolution uh, on one of them. Uh, tat, which I found out was part of the, because um, if anybody didn't know, in Calgary, there was a big Aryan Nations, uh, you know, camp mm-hmm. in uh, Caroline, right? I think you knew, I'm sure a lot of people would have known that. Yeah, they try to march every once in a yeah. while. It's all their final resolution. Um, so, first thing that came to mind was, is this real? Because <laughs> it's 2000, right? Yes, I've dealt with a lot of racial stuff. Growing up, being um, my mom's in the Air Force and in the military, we dealt with a lot because you're very isolated. Mm-hmm. And a lot of bases I was on, I was the only black, like me and my family were the only mixed blacks on some of the bases because they're so small, some of them. So I was being, being called, you know, nigger. And um, my brother is called um, oh, probably half-breed half uh, mutt. Because I got that a lot. He was called half-breed mutt. Just the conglomerate of nasty names on a regular basis like every day but it's 2000 I'm in Calgary I did not you know see this coming so as I'm sitting in that moment I'm thinking wow this might be it <laughs> I don't know but I'm good thing is I'm a very if anybody knows me I'm very calm under pressure well things I have learned is don't escalate any situation mm-hmm. not necessary and, and just so people know, I'm a six foot six, 235 pound brother. Yeah, you're, you're a, a guy that dude. one racist yeah. wouldn't mess with you. Not a small they, dude. Uh, They'd uh, have to come in a gang. Yeah, one and, person would look at you and think, you know, maybe he's not <laughs> that black. <laughs> yeah, I'm black. I'm big. So I'm looking in the, to the guys in the back of the truck and they're standing up and they're big boys. These aren't small dudes. And I'm looking in there and I can see in the back of the truck two by four baseball bats, um, rope. And I'm like, wow, what is going on? And the guy that's closest to me was, he looks like a younger fellow, I'd say in the younger 20s, um, younger dude, a little smaller. So I'm thinking, okay, this is initiation. I, and, and I'm and I'm fairly intuitive, dude. I, I don't think, you know, I'm not saying I'm smarter than anybody, <laughs> but I'm very intuitive with my situation and what's going on. So I was like, oh, this must, this, this must be an, an, an initiation, right, for this younger dude. So I had to play on that. So I see the two guys in the truck and they said, well, so the one guy in the truck goes, this is what's going to happen. And I'm like, okay. And while I'm saying this, I'm sitting, what, if anybody knew the military, it was called at ease. Mm -hmm. So just lays crossed hands, just in the back, but crossed, not making any, any fast movements or nothing. So just what's called very relaxed open. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's like, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to grab this rope and he picks up the rope. I'm going to tie it around the hitch of the truck then wrapped around your neck and we're going to drag you down 10th Avenue. I was like, huh, okay. <laughs> Very calm. I was like, okay, interesting. And um, while that's going on, I look at my buddy, which is with me, and he's, I'll give you his visual. <laughs> Scott is about, oh my God, 5'10", 160 pounds. <laughs> Not a big dude. Not a big dude. Mm-hmm. And I looked at him and he just was utterly paralyzed. Like, he, I've never seen, he was just in pure shock. He just could not 
he couldn't get over what was happening. He was just paralyzed, just immobile, mm-hmm. just n- n- couldn't believe it. So I'm like, okay, well, he's going to really help, but I don't want him to do anything drastic anyway. So what he's going to do, start turning the car on and try to take off, you know? Yeah, so that'll help him. Yeah, exactly. But he's my buddy, so he's just going to sit there and not say anything unless they ask him. So he's just sat in the car. So after Buddy had gave me my, you know, my fate, I just said, okay, well, I looked at the younger gentleman, the one that was not in the back of the truck that was standing closest to me, and I said, so what are you going to do? And I said a very, in almost therapeutic um, manner in milieu, because I grew, I actually, um, just shortly after that, became... Uh, pretty prominent in working as a youth development worker for troubled teens um, and ha- helped give them and seek counsel and build uh, substantial life skills for teenagers, problematic okay. and unprivileged youth. So I was already in that mindset. This well, and having those de-escalation that. skills really comes in handy in yeah. that Even in though situation too. Even though this was pre-that, I was already going, I was just shortly, it was like one or two years after that. So I was already into that mindset. So as I'm talking to the guy closest to me, I said, well, what are you going to do? And he looks at me and he goes, wow, this is what we're going to do. And I said, no, I'm not asking them. I'm asking you what you're going to do. And I could just tell by talking to him, he was very conflicted. And he had, um, like I said, swastikas on his arms and he had uh, crosses. So I took the one thing that I knew was the best thing. And I looked at the cross and I said, oh, you got a cross on your, your arm there. So you're a religious guy, right? And he goes, yeah. yeah. So, well, what kind of religion do you say? Catholic and I said okay so you know about the Bible and stuff right obviously yeah yeah I know about it and I said okay well what part of the Bible got you to this situation right here and he just looked at me and he's looking at his buddies guys very conflicted like just unbelievably conflicted the guys in the back of the truck are wondering what the hell is going on because you know this isn't how it's supposed to go down you know like no, I this said, is when you're supposed order. to fight back so yeah. they can or, say, no, officer, freak. this big black guy attacked yeah, us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, so so like, like we gave you the warning, I was just literally mind-fucking the guy. <laughs> Terribly. But I was doing it in a very calm way where it would not evoke any kind of reaction that I would not be able to get out of. Because I knew that in that situation, yeah, if it's fight or flight, I'm, gonna, I'm thrown down for sure. You know, but I know there's weapons in the back of the truck. There's things I might not see in the back of there. There could have been a gun in there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But when you see two big, uh, you know, Caucasian skinheads in the back of the truck with a bunch of weapons and another guy close to me, I'm sure there might have been something, you know. So I'm not going to push that. So I'm just going to try to mess with them mentally and hopefully get to the point where they're like, we're not just going to, we're not going to mess with this dude. He's just, you know, it's not going to happen. So as I was talking to the two guys, they said, we know from our, what we've seen that you've done a lot of shows and you're really prominent in the scene. So the way thing is for them, it's, it's an example, right? You're a statement. I'm a statement. Cause I'm in, I was in the media, we've done shows. I was a statement. I said, yeah, well, regardless of that, I said to the guy closest to me, I just want to know what you want to do. I was totally ignoring the two guys in the truck. And I think that was the bonus. Like, I'm not saying I was being... Well, that was the smart play, yeah. too. I wasn't being an asshole. If they were saying something, I'd look at them, but I wasn't verbally acknowledging them. I was only talking to the guy closest to me all the time. Because he was... He was not... Like, if you've seen this guy, it was like... You can just see in his head 
that he was like, holy shit, what did I get? Mm -hmm. Am I doing the right thing? Is this right? Maybe it's not. So then I even asked him, I said, I'm sure you've had, growing up, I said, I'm sure you've had multicultural friends. I'm sure. And even if you didn't, you wouldn't even know how much, like you can look at someone and you don't even know what their background is, man. You can look at someone and they could be Caucasian. Believe it or not, in that back line, there's some African in there. There's some, some uh, you know, East Indian and there's some Asian. There's something in there. So how can you put everybody in the same boat when literally everybody is mixed in some way if you go back far enough? So he was just looking at me, looking at his guys. Now he's very conflicted. And he went from being very, you know, puffed up and ready even though he's about 5'10", I'm 6'6 six, six and a half. But still, he was puffed up, ready to go, hands clinched. And I noticed from that hand, moment, his hands went from clinched to opened up and went from, you know, almost crossed to now on the sides. So I knew he's very relaxed. Like you could tell just by the gestures that he wasn't going to go there. He, unless, of course, the other two had forced him. So then I took it upon myself at that point to feel that I've kind of diffused this guy. So now I have to kind of look at the other two guys and see where they're at. So then I looked up the other two and I said, so we good? And they're just like, just stared at me. <laughs> just didn't know what, understand what the hell I was doing. And I said, are we good? Are we good? I look at Scott. I said, oh, I guess we're good. Start the car. Scott turns the car on. Those guys are just standing there. <laughs> <laughs> I got in the car and I left. <laughs> that's that. I know it sounds it it it. You know that's two thousand. That's Calgary in two thousand. And trust me, there's been other situations, but that's that was like a big situation where. And like I said, if I had escalated, like a lot of people would in those situations, get all because you know us us black guys can be pretty passionate sometimes in the wrong situations. So if we, if I had got, as they say in the South, all uppity at that time, <laughs> no. I, I would not be here. That's a guarantee. Yeah, you'd have been dragged down to Guarantee. They would, they would have did it because yeah. they would have said, oh, this, this confirms everything. Yeah. yeah. Cause validates what we're doing. They're waiting right. for that reaction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you didn't give it. To I them. gave them nothing, nothing, not an inkling of anything. No, I don't, I don't <clears> think there is <throat> any way that the situation could be handled better. Well, and that's he's sitting just, here because of that. Yeah. yeah. But that's but you'd have to know me. I'm very, like, if there's high stress, I'm very good at it. I'm very calm in high stress. And that's why I did really well in youth development and working with street youth and teens after that. I'm very calm in high stress. And when, when we met uh, uh, a week ago, yeah. like a week ago today, actually, <laughs> um, you'd given me sort of the 30-second overview of this. And I was shocked that that this happened in Calgary. That uh, a lot of people would be. I was thinking, you know, we're this is Canada. We're better than this. <laughs> we don't what? have this sort of See, thing. See, that's here. the thing. Before I came to Calgary, I had a good friend of mine warn me, <clears throat> and he said, "Hey, you're going to Calgary," and I was like, "Yeah," and I didn't think anything of it. Right? It's just another city in Canada to me, mm -hmm. coming from Halifax. I said it can't be any worse than Halifax because racism in Halifax, city is bad. dude, it was really bad when I was coming up. I was getting in, getting called nigger every second day. I would walk through an area um, we know, uh, we have a lot of family there called Uniac Square, and uh, I didn't live there. I lived in Dartmouth, but I was in Halifax visiting, and me and another buddy from Dartmouth were walking towards the bridge to go back to Dartmouth. A truck full of uh, white kids 
goes by and they go, Uniac Square niggers! As they go by and they're like, we're not even from here. <laughs> but just because yeah. we are of color. Yeah, you know, you're there and you're not white. We're niggers. But, right? people, but, uh, but like, like I said, pe- or, uh, like prophesied said, people don't understand that um, when you're in the East, like even when I lived in Ontario and that, because like I said, I grew up in the military, I'm, I was born in Halifax. When you mention the West from the East, the West is actually, the attitude is, oh man, it's a lot of rednecks. It's yeah. racy up there. Believe it or not, that's the, even though you living in Calgary, you don't think that. But believe it or not, that's what the persona was. Well, and that's I'm not saying it's any say. better because here they can say the same thing to us yeah. in the East, right? That's what I was going to say. But that's what it actually was the persona was for the West then. But well, my, we my, friend, s- my friend told me, if you're going out to Calgary, be careful. Watch yourself because mm-hmm. there's an Aryan Nation compound just outside of Calgary. Calgary. And I was like, what? Because <laughs> that I didn't know. So yeah, there's a skinhead Aryan Nation compound outside of Calgary. So watch your ass. I was like, okay, good to know. Well, and I... Like saying that being shocked that that sort of thing was even happening. Yeah. Uh, being a, uh, a middle-aged suburban white guy. <laughs> I can vouch for that. <laughs> I'm looking at him right now. <laughs> and, I, and I do have a shaved head, but that's just because I, <laughs> because I don't want to look bald. It's <laughs> Hair loss. Yeah, it's... It's okay. It's it, all good. It, it was a choice, not a statement. <laughs> but uh, leaving uh, the shoot last week... It was, it was occurring to me that that kind of sums up uh, white privilege. That when, when, when you hear privilege, we get our backs up like, oh, no, we didn't give we're not given anything. So the privilege thing, we, we get all defensive about it. But it's not about having a, an easy life. It's not about having everything handed to you. It's about having the privilege of not being exposed to that kind of hate. Mm-hmm. And that's where it comes from. And you hear about the male privilege and that's. You know, I've never been around and seen women getting catcalled. I know it happens, but I've never seen it. I've never experienced it. It's that privilege of having the uh, having the blinders to think, oh no, that's just something that happens on TV. That's (laughs) something that happens in New York. It really does. It's it's (laughs) other people's problem. Yeah. So I mean, hearing about that sort of thing happening not that long ago in Calgary is uh, is it's eye opening and we we know that there's the uh, the Aryans out in, Car- in Caroline and they they do their marches every year and there's usually 20 people marching and 200 <laughs> people counter protesting it yeah. yeah and that's the side of it that we all see so it's it's kind of shocking to well not even kind of it's it's shocking to hear this sort of thing mm. and and that but the but the lesson to be learned in this too is i i don't to me, hate doesn't breed hate. So even though they were hateful people, I, I'm not. I wasn't mad at the man. I'm not saying I was happy with the situation, but the attitude I have is people are based, based in and treated as individuals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even though those were three, you know, not the best individuals I've ever met, I'm not going to pretty much dilute and and blame a whole race on these three guys' choices. A lot of people get mad in that and be like, oh well. I'm not all, you know, we'll put people in that same bunch. I never do that. Well, who's to say that that guy didn't learn something from that exchange? Mm-hmm. And yeah. who knows what that guy did after right. that? Because yeah. I'll tell you right now, I don't think he might have ran with them after that. Yeah, who knows? I might have made that decision for him to go, you know, this may not be a good life choice. Yeah, you yeah. might have Sometimes. You saved your own life, but you might have changed, changed, changed his. his. Yeah. I might even have saved his, you know. Who so knows? Yeah, you can't fight hate with, with hate. You have no, to, no, you have to be, you have understanding is everything. Like, and, People are treated on an individual basis. I don't look at color. It's you as an individual. If you treat me good, I'll treat you good. Treat me like shit, I'm not going to deal with you. 
I won't treat you like shit. I just won't deal with you. Period. Yeah. Because I don't need to be doing that. Racism can be overt and blunt towards people like it was to Jay Ross. But it can also be very, like, undercover, covert. Oh, yeah. For instance, when I was back home in Halifax, before, just before I came here, uh, I was part of a sting operation with, the, um, with a news channel in, in oh. Halifax. And uh, a friend of mine, two friends of mine, actually, uh, where all, all three of us are black. I'm the lighter skinned black guy because I'm, I'm mixed. Light and, camera. <laughs> <laughs> but a scotch, baby. So anyways, um, yeah, we, we, even me, like whenever I went out to bars, for example, um, there could be 25 people ahead of me. And if they're all Caucasian, nobody gets asked for ID. As soon as they get to me, ID. And this happened everywhere in Halifax. And the reporter that we went to didn't actually really believe it because she, again, <laughs> she was Caucasian. Mm -hmm. So she'd never witnessed this or, or, you know, the white privilege thing. She just never saw it. So we said, well, why don't you come out with us one night? So they did. They had a camera crew parked on the street in a van filming everything. We, had, we were all mic'd, mm -hmm. right? And we went to six or seven bars in Halifax and every single time one of my black friends or myself got to the doorman automatically oh sorry I clapped <laughs> automatically it was like ID but they didn't ask any other person that was not colored you mm -hmm. know not black of a black descent and we're like and now she sees this three four times in a row every place we go to and she's like freaking out now but that was just how it was we had to put, we had to get it out in the news to show this is happening because if we just say it individually, like Jay's saying it, but just individuals, we can't really do much. But if we show, if you show that it's systemic, that is, it is systemic and it's going on right under your noses, white folks too, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, um, then people start to uprise and say, hey, we can't, just can't continue. Mm -hmm. You know, when I came to Calgary, I had the same thing happen a few times, uh, even working in a store. There was a guy came in and I asked him if he wanted some help. I was selling shoes at the time. And the guy was like, no, I don't need your help. Your kind is going to pay. And I was like, what? My kind? Shoe salesman? <laughs> yeah, shoe, yeah, shoe salesman. I, 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 I think I'm pretty, uh, you know, good as far as being a salesman. I don't you know, rip anybody <laughs> off or overcharge or anything like that. I'm pretty good, you know? <laughs> so he just, then he leaves the store. And we're like, okay. And still predominantly white folks working with me too. I think um, there was three, nah, we were pretty mixed actually, to be honest. We were pretty ethnic. We had a few Caucasians, a few black people. We had some Asians, mm -hmm. you know, it was, and, and, and East Indians and stuff. It was pretty, pretty multicultural up in there. The guy comes back. 10 minutes later and apologizes to me. But then he says, after he says, hey, I'm sorry about the way I said this to you when I was here last time. And I was like, okay, cool. I accept your apology. That's awesome, dude. I don't know what happened. He <laughs> says, but I just have to let you know that your kind is, you know, on its last days. Oh. <laughs> I said, so you apologize, but then you take it right back by saying the same thing, just in a calmer way. And then he, he left again. I'm just like, we're all shaking our heads going, you know, just, we don't understand. You know, we just don't understand. Um, well, you know, because because white people are the pure master race until somebody reminds us that humanity started in Africa. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the funny thing is I, work, I was working at a, a bar in Calgary, a few bars, but I was a doorman at a bar. And I'm 
there was there's this one to, and this was in the northeast Calgary, right along, um, right up by the Rundle okay. area in that in that like T and T and all that, or you know where the uh, Asian market is there, right? Yeah. So again, for uh, out of town listeners, that area is predominantly uh, Asian and East uh, and East Indian. Yeah, a lot of yeah. designated immigrant yeah mm-hmm. areas. There, so I'm working out as a doorman at this bar. And there's a couple guys leaving the bar. So I'm actually holding the door open for them, letting them leave, right? And as they're leaving, there's a couple more guys coming towards the door. Well, the guys that are leaving are telling these guys that want to come in, no, don't go in that bar. You don't want to go in there. Don't go in there. And they're like, what the hell, dude? Like, we live here. (laughs) We're from this neighborhood. This is our bar sort of thing, right? And they're like, no, you don't want to go in there. There's a bunch of, you know, you know, these and this. And and they're going on. And I said, finally, I had to speak up and say, because they were harassing the guys. And I said, hey, dude, like, if they want to come in, they can come in. It's a free country. You were just in here. And now you're telling somebody else that they can't come in? Like, just... Go on, have a nice night. The guy turns to me, and this is when you see racism up close. Like, just I could see the anger and hatred in this guy's face directed at me now. After I open the door for him to let him leave, sort of thing, right? Like, I'm just doing my job. And the guy says, why don't you go on back to your own country, you freaking camel rider? And I'm like... So oh, now, could be racist, so at now, least be accurate. Thank you. Here, <laughs> that's exactly what I said to him, man. I looked at him and I started smiling and I said, dude, if you're going to be racist, at least get the shit right. <laughs> that's what I said to him. Least yeah, I, at least get the shit right. Because you're wrong. I'm not a camel rider, but whatever. Bye. <laughs> Go on. Have a nice night. And then he left. But it was it's just, it floored me. That was one of the, you know... It happened now and then, little overt things, like or, or more undercover, not mm-hmm. so overt. Back in Halifax, they're right in your face overtly, telling you, nigger! Like, yeah, they're, they're more... They don't care. Guys were getting knocked out left and right, they didn't care. I don't know how many fights I get in in Halifax where it was started because some, some guy said, nigger. There's like was, no context fact, or anything? Just matter of fact, yeah. no. Matter of fact, I was running... There was one time I had a friend, because I'm a martial artist, too. So here's the thing. Jay is intimidating because of his size. They don't look at me twice, but I'm a master in martial arts. <laughs> so it's kind of funny, but that's how it happens. So I'm, I'm running. I see a friend of mine who's also in martial arts in a fight with a guy. Then, he, then another friend of mine is also in a fight with a guy. They're both black. The other guys are both white. Mm-hmm. Now, there's two white guys walking... To, away from the fight towards me, I'm running towards the fight with two other guys who happen to be school teachers, but they're black as well. We're running towards the fight because I see my friend. Oh, oh, I, I better go help my friend, right? And one of the guys walking up, fucking niggers, as he's walking away from the fight. Of course, he does it at the wrong time because one of my friends that's just ahead of me too, the one of the teachers pops him in the face as he runs by him. <laughs> It's like, why did you have to say that? But it just, it's like, they have no filter there. They just say it. That's the way they are. They just they want to say it, they say it. And, and they end up getting in fights because of it. And that's probably why the two other fights that were going on was going on because somebody had to say the word. Mm. You know, they can't say asshole or, you know, something like that or jerk or whatever. They have to go right to the race card. There's no in between. Which if you're going to be an asshole, is kind of lazy. Yeah. Like... 
Yeah. Be more descriptive. <laughs> you know. Make the insult personal. Oh I mean, you're, God, you're insulting you based on your entire race. I mean, well, that's the find thing. Find out how you're an asshole, and then just, and then insult you based on that. You that's know how many right. times I, I dated <laughs> girls who were out of my race, like native girls, white girls, Indian. I I I have no qualms about you know being with anybody of another race. That's mm-hmm. the way I was brought up because I come from a multi-racial family. My mom is black. My dad is white. But there's a mixture of other things in there, too, which I won't get into at the time. But that's the way it was. So I, I date anybody. I don't give a shit what color they are. But you know how many times I was called nigger by an ex or by a family member of the person I was dating? Mm-hmm. All the time. You know, it's just, it's just people need to get over color. You know, they need to start learning to be colorblind because well, everyone just has to everyone has to sleep with everyone else until the entire world is, <laughs> is mixed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And there will be no such thing as racism anymore. It'll just be humanity. Because that's start, what it should start be. Start judging people based on, on their on their individual character. merit. Yeah. yeah. Of who they and are. Character. Like and that's how it should be done. There's not any other way. You see somebody, you talk to them, you make a judgment. Not you see somebody, you see what color they are or what ethnicity they are, you've already yeah. made a judgment. It doesn't work like and that. I can understand like it makes sense to me. Down in the States, a lot of places as we know. Because a lot of our family comes from North and South Carolina. Um, There's a lot going on there. But it's been underlying there for so long because slavery was so big there. People think there was no slavery in Canada. There was. Oh, yeah. There is still. You know? But, man, even now, their attitude. I was in the military. I'll tell you a quick story. There was a time when I was in uh, New Brunswick at a base there, military base, CFB, Gagetown. Okay. And I was in the artillery. And the group I was with, we're all mixed. There's white guys, black guys, Asian guys. We're all mixed. Yeah, if you can fight, you're in. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, one time we were in a tent, like a mess tent, and uh, there was it was a big one because it was not just the Canadians. It was also the Americans were there. So we started befriending some Americans. They would come over and hang out with us because our beer was stronger. Yeah. Right? <laughs> they liked that. And uh, so they would come in and hang with us. And one time, one of our guys, one of our uh, friends that was there, told us this story. He said, dude, you guys didn't hear because he took me off to the side. And he didn't want to say it in front of everybody. But one time, he came aside, took me aside, and says, hey, um, to this white guy in our, in our unit, he goes, hey, I got a question for you, man. He says, I mean, no disrespect, right? He goes, and the guy's like, okay, yeah. He goes, he said, you guys actually let your nigger sit with you? Yeah, it's, uh, Dude, and he, my, my, our friend was like, are, "Are you for real? Like, are you kidding?" He says, "No, I, I don't mean any disrespect. I don't have a problem with it. It's just where we come from. Blacks sit with the blacks, and the and everybody else sits with who they are, like the whites and whoever else. Everybody's still segregated, even in the military at that time. And and my friend was like." No, dude, here, they're not our niggers. <laughs> you know, we don't own them. You know, they're our friends. We work with these guys day in, day out. We would die for each other yeah. if need be. They're our brothers. And regardless of what color our skin is, this is, you guys need to move on from that stuff, man. And, and the guy was like, okay, I just wanted to ask. Like I, like I said, I don't have a problem with black people. He's just, that's the way... 
things are. That's where just I'm from. how it is. That's just how it is. It, it's not that they're so saying you're not allowed them. to sit with us. Yeah, it's just even, they, they they clump yeah. together. Well, and he grew up in that environment, right? For like that was the milieu he was raised in. So yeah. you can't get mad at. Someone. But it's even like, in Canada. Canada. If you're going into if you're going into a war zone, <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be like oh. Can I don't want the white guy to save him first. Crap, crap, there's already a black guy in that foxhole. I need first. to go find another Throw one. Throw the brothers in the front line. <laughs> <laughs> but that even happens in Canada. I'll give you a case in point. I was stand. I was again. I was in the military and I was with another guy, and he was a black officer. A 13 year old cadet comes up to me because I was into break dancing in those days, and I was a dancer, right? <laughs> and uh, he comes up to me, and, and he's a Newfoundlander kid, 13 years old. He's just a kid, innocent. With no malice whatsoever, this kid comes up to me and goes, excuse me, sir. And I go, yeah. He goes, are you one of those breakdancing niggers? <laughs> I was like, me and my friend looked at each other. And I looked at the poor kid and we're like, I said. What, do I hit hey. you now? <laughs> hey, so, so I said, hey, uh, just let me, uh, let me, let me, I got to, I got to take care of something here for you. I said, that word you just used, the nigger word, please don't ever use that word again. <laughs> Black people. Call us black people. We don't like that word. It's not a good word. So whoever told you that or taught you that back home, pass that on for me, okay? I'm just a break dancer. Yeah. Or you could say I am a black break dancer, but not a nigger break dancer. I said, I don't suggest you use that word to anybody else that happens to be black when you ask them. Because I know you don't mean anything by it. And he was like, no, I didn't know it was a bad word, sir. Well, if, you're not, they don't know. if they're not raised knowing, that's the they thing don't is, know. That's pure ignorance. Yeah. Just not and he was that's all purely in, innocent in asking, are you one of those breakdancing niggers? I, like, I can still see his face and hear his voice today. But our job is to educate, you know, educate people, yeah. and like, and, and educate yourself. You got, yeah. you got Google. God, you Google. Oh, <laughs> There's people that live off of that, right? Google, Wikipedia, yeah. whatever. Mm -hmm. You just look at the history, man. Find out. Yeah. Do your own. Research. I've never had anything as as crazy as what happened to Jay Ross here. But yeah, I've been in some scrapes because of that racism too. Like you know, and it does happen a lot. It in happens. Calgary, but they're very in Calgary. They're very like like you said. It's not. At, well, except they're for sneaky. that situation, they're not as aggressive. Yeah, they're more they're sneaky. Yeah. Really or they just won't about it. They'll find you in an alley instead of finding you on the street. Yeah. Right. Uh, or, or if they want, if you want to get in a certain table, they'll make sure no, they'll they be blacklisted or something. All right. of a sudden, it's like, oh, all of a sudden, you're not on that a list or something. Yeah. It's like, yeah. What? <laughs> what happened? So, you know what I mean? It's but still here, but it's still there. Slowly, but. it's starting to the percentage of racism is start slowly starting yeah. to de-escalate. I, I, I definitely down. agree with that. I, I would say it's definitely lessened for sure. Yeah, I've been dealt with. You know, as much not as much as much stuff, but I'm also I am. I'm definitely not oblivious to it, but I don't also want to be the one to look for it. So mm -hmm. I'm not the kind of guy who says something happens. I'm not going to throw the race. I can't stand that. I don't, but you know, I, everything isn't always race, but some black people, you know, let's be honest and people of color, something happens. They like to go, it's cause I'm this. Yeah. You know, it's not, that's not always true. It's not always so, true. No. And I don't always take it like that unless it's a direct, like what happened to me then that was, you can't deny it. Yeah. That was right? color. Yeah. That was color. There's nothing else. It wasn't cause always six foot six. In wrong place, wrong time. No, they uh, they because knew you were where black I was and you were it was because yeah. they knew where I was and they be. knew who he they, was. They mm -hmm. knew me. Yeah, they knew or they knew, knew of you enough yeah, to know that they they did this research. is gonna this is gonna actually yeah. do something for their cause. And they're probably at the show. I don't know. Of course, I didn't see him in the audience. 
but just the timing, you know, like how, why would you be there? It's not something where we're just driving on a pickup truck looking for brothers. Who knows? Maybe they were doing that, but this happened to get me in a back alley after a Bodie engine. No, that was planned. You know yeah. what I mean? So, but I mean, it's, um, you can't, don't, what I say to some people out there, any person of any color or culture or visual minority, don't, don't always use that card. Don't. Don't, because we're better than that. So yeah. my thing is, just don't do it. Or at least try to be better. Well, and just it's, don't. In, in a lot of cases, it's kind of crying wolf that when, when racism actually does happen, and they and they call the race card on it because it's valid. Yeah, but every time something has gone wrong for you, that's you what you've said. So it's got you no power anymore. It. There, yeah. And there's none, and it dilutes us as a culture. It really does. It doesn't, you know, because we are we are strong. Everybody's strong, but mm-hmm. black people are strong. We've you know we went through our oppression and. Uprising, you know. Now look at the Muslims. <laughs> mm-hmm. Muslims yeah. are being targeted because and of I what do some, feel bad. some assholes I from their religion did. There, there's a Muslim family lives like three doors down from it's me. Right. I made a point of um, when I see when I saw him the first time, and we were actually in close enough proximity to speak. Shook his hands and say, "Hey, my name is," mm-hmm. and so on, and we talked or whatever. And now we always wave and say, "Hey, what's up?" When we see each other, like you can't just prejudge people just because. I'm sure he's not a racist terrorist, you know, trying to, wants to kill all, all, um, uh, what do you call them? Infidels. Infidels, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, I'm sure he doesn't want to kill all us infidels. His family is here and whatnot. And everybody is just like black people were put in a, a, a certain category and always, you know, we were uneducated. We were, you know, we're this, we're that, you know, yeah. we're not smart, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You know, we all... We all can <coughs> sing and dance, play musical instruments. <laughs> you know, we all can. We do, but we all are great in sports. That's not the case. Yeah. I've seen brothers that can't dance to save their lives, <laughs> and, or sing. You know, can't and, and can't play an instrument to save their lives either. So, or can't play a sport. Can't shoot a hoop. Can't shoot a puck. You know, so it's, it's hey, not hockey is ours. <laughs> I'm saying there are black people that can't do these things, but the myth is. All black people can do this, or we're all bad at this. Yeah, and that's totally untrue. You know, dispel the stereotypes, man. People are people, individuals, and then of course, as, as, as we can artists, too. stop. <laughs> yeah, but white guys doing that are always going to get laughed at until they prove themselves. <laughs> t- no, no, I'm just saying. There's always hey, the myth that over, every black person rap. can rap or sing. <laughs> you you know, like us, we, we always or the the, the dark side. That we're always players. We always you know, oh, we do drugs. We drink. We, which we don't touch any of that, right? And we're not womanizers. We don't go out there. We don't have twenty women yeah. in our back pocket, <laughs> you know. But that's still just the stereotypes of hip hop artists. Everybody yeah. thinks that they, that's everyone the does that. They yeah. don't all do that, you know. And and we're living proof of that. But that's a whole different story. That's once again what again. media media's oh yeah media societies projected that image, right? Not it's. And but but once again, some of the artists <laughs> indulged in it, and that doesn't look good for the ones that don't do it, right? Now there's a bar here in Calgary. Stereotype. I won't thing. mention. Uh, but there was a time when when because uh, I was also part of uh, the the band that Jay and I were both involved in, and we did a show for I think it was a Halloween show, oh, and we had a great time. The crowd was up dancing, having a great oh, time. Yes, I was dressed as Michael Jackson, yeah. and this <laughs> is only Halloween. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, I was like, Will Chamberlain, Afro, behind socks, and an it old baker's awesome, outfit. Right? We had a great time. The, the whole and bar had a great time. the timeline, this was only... Yeah, not long ago. Five years ago? Uh, maybe about six, seven years ago. That's it. Yeah, not long ago, right? Mm-hmm. So... Because <laughs> that's the so, second point. So we did the show, 
And then all of a sudden from from our uh, bookie agent, we, we hear that, oh, those guys don't want you back. We're like, we're, why? We're we're like, and they said, well, the first they tried to say the crowd wasn't up and dancing. Dude, we have footage. So he's trying to cover up, right? You know, the, the whole, like the dance floor was packed almost the whole time we were there performing, you know? And, um, and we were like, what? You mean they weren't perf- we got footage. You want proof? You know. <laughs> then, then it was no. They just don't want you there because they think both of the lead singers just, were high. Which, yeah, I know because we were because we were and because we were yeah. active and you know having participation with the audience and we were actually on our game. We're high. And anybody that knows us, I mean, <laughs> touch. We 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 barely drink. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, barely, barely. drink. Barely. Occasional drinkers don't smoke. And if we do drink, it's like a drink or two. Any drugs? I work as a. I I never smoke. I was a youth development. I don't even smoke cigarettes in conjunction with social services. Well, on top of that, when the person on stage is high, you know because they don't interact with the audience at all. They don't exactly. Care. They're, yeah. they're, 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 having they're not clear minded. They're not. And we were very. If you saw the footage, you would know. Very clear minded. We're we're asking for but audience participation. Yeah. But what, what's your next excuse? Yeah. No, it's because the two lead singers were black. Mm. That's what it was. And you, you could just say that. Oh, and they say, were high. You don't want black guys. They, they no, were they were high. And I was like, what? Oh, they didn't have the people uh, <laughs> dancing. Oh, well, you're wrong on both counts. You know? So, you know, like, it just, it's just amazing. You know, stuff like that happens. Like I said, it still happens. And once again, it's a backdoor. You know, they called them. They talked to their bookie. And then placed a complaint. They didn't yeah. say anything to us. Nobody came and talked. Is that it? I was very... I'm always very... Um, Intuitive, engaging. So I was yep. talking to the manager at the time. Yeah, is everything good? And the manager at the like time was loving us. Loving us. Loved it. Loved so it you us. know what I mean? That's sneaky. I don't like that. If you know, if you're a racist, I'm not saying I would like them say, yeah, we, you know, you guys on something. But at least then, if he had said something like, you know, wow, you guys seem like so amped, I would have said, yeah, this is how we are. Yeah. You know, might have been, might have, might have went better. Mm-hmm. Instead, he took, you know, the oh, side, they must have been high. Said they took they the side high. door. And then called the back door and I'm said, sure "All this is going on." Never happened. Yeah, and we are very respectful. We're like, "Is everything good? Uh, how are you liking your night? How's the levels? Uh, hey, how's the levels? Is it too loud? Because you got to be like that when you play. We need to gauge that. You, for you have to because a lot of them are. You know, we're big guys. Some managers might be. They might might, might be intimidated. Hmm? You know, so I try to be. Well, we come up mad energy intimidating right? as possible that's just I'm a big dude so I got to be very aware of my stature yeah. and I am so I'm very I make sure my proximities are good I make sure my voice tones are good mm-hmm. I make sure to ask very clean clear directions and like, we don't curse on stage exactly so I was just like is everything okay is there anything that you want different is there you, you can't I couldn't have been more accommodating right so I was very taken back very pissed off, actually, but yeah. taken back. And, you know, I'd mentioned that to, and my friends that were there were blown away. Yeah. And, and there they was a lot of it. Caucasian friends. So they went, they go next level. Oh, they were like, they start someone calling. had accounts in there. They start oh, calling and cool saying, stuff. we're pulling out. out. We're out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like Good. you guys saying this about these and guys. I was like, I was there. I didn't feel bad. Know, these guys don't <laughs> you know these guys. They don't do that. And you're, you have the nerve yeah. to accuse them of that after the fact and then say that the show wasn't great. Holy when crap. everybody was up dancing, we have footage. We were there. Would you like to see it? 
You know what I mean? It's just, we just couldn't believe it. it was well, and that's what's going to kill racism, is that everybody has to stand, stand up, up together against it. Yeah, and, that's what has to happen. And, and the, the racists are going to realize just how outnumbered they are on both sides. Yeah. That it's not just... It's not just there, the there's, black, there's five of the us minority. and there's only two black guys. Yeah, it's not just the minority against you, it's the majority against yeah, you. Yeah, but it, it's... Thankfully, it's, it's, it's on its way out. It okay. can't go away fast enough. So... That's the, the message if anyone's going to take anything from this. If you see something happening, be on the side of right. Yeah. Don't, don't be the asshole. And the younger generation is, is helping with that. They're very much And so. my thing is, speak up, but yeah. be smart. Like, I, I'm the first yeah. person, if, I, if I'm, cause I'm, the, if I'm on, a, on a train or whatever, you, you're seeing this stuff all the time. And if I see somebody treat a Muslim person or somebody wrong, a native person, mm-hmm. you see it happen, Aboriginal people. All the time. I, I will always say something. And, you know, I'm not trying to start a fight. I just, it's not right. And I know some other people want to say shit. Yeah. But a lot don't. of people don't. A lot don't. of people don't because of fraud. My afraid. thing is, if yeah. you do, if you don't let that person know, yo, the shit you're doing is wrong, dog. Yeah. Guess what? They're going to keep, keep, keep doing it. And they think they're well, going to be able to continue to do it. That also lets the person that they're victimizing know that, you, you know, you've got an ally. That here. somebody's exactly. got their back. So you have support. Somebody's got people their back. that care about you. Yeah. And a lot of people, I, I'm, I'm always a guy that's right in the mix, man. You say something about somebody, I'm like, yo, that's not right, dog. You can't, you, you can't say that. Like, really? You can't talk to that's, someone like that. That's yeah. not right. That isn't right. And, you know, it makes them think. I tell you, it's called reflective statements. They're either going to do one of two things. They're going to up their ante and be like, well, fuck you. That's, this is how it's going to be and blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to be like, well, you got to live with you then. Good luck. Or they're going to be nice like, life. or they won't say anything. And I guarantee you when they leave, they're thinking, they're thinking, what the hell? I didn't expect anybody to didn't say expect, something. Especially when it's a, an intelligent exchange. You get mm-hmm. mad, man. Right? You got to make people think. Anger, you know, clouds people's judgment. Yeah. The real change happens thinking. when they're, when they're lying in bed that yeah. night going over it again. Yeah. Man, how could that have gone? If you react, instead of being angry and reacting just off the cuff, if you actually think about it and have an intelligent conversation with these people, sometimes that diffuses the whole thing and they end up really well, thinking about situation. shit. What? You got to make people you know, think. Yeah, that's, you, and that's the whole you point. You really they have, have to, to start thinking think. about it. And you have saying. to hold people accountable what they're doing. for their shit. Because oh, yeah. a lot of people just think they can say it. It's okay. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter. Nobody just says anything. Just say it. No, no, you no, can't. You got to say something. You have to be held accountable. The emotional damage is way worse. Yeah. And yeah. That's, that lasts a lot longer. Just like slavery. You know, slavery, the chains came off, but then we still have the mental yeah. slavery. You, know, exactly. for, you have to change the mindset. For years yeah. after that. If you have, still have, like Malcolm X used to say, you're still in a prison of, uh, in your mind. You're still in, enslaved in your mind. Yeah. You have to free yourself. And they have to, 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 on the opposite end of the spectrum, all these racists out there, they have to do the same thing. Sometimes it happens. I actually, not long ago on TV, I saw a documentary where a guy who used to be, um, not Hell's Angels, but with some kind of biker club, racist club, was going out and doing things to people of all races, he turned his life around and now he advocates against it. I love seeing stuff like mm-hmm. that. People that were actually in it, did it, and then changed their lives. And then lives. woke up. Yeah, woke up, yeah. Grew up, woke up, and changed their lives. And now they advocate, and they just say, now they're on the side of the right. It's because those people are the minorities now, right? Like, let's be honest. I think a lot of people, like you said, it is going out. The majority of people are pro life and pro-choice and pro-everybody and pro-culture, pro-whatever. Yeah. majority is. It's just my whole thing is people have to speak up. Yeah. I 
and not I, I don't mean go beating up people. No, you got to kill no, them no. with kindness. But you really yeah, my mom used to say up. that you with really intelligence, do. you got to think, yeah, and you, you got to really kill do. them with kindness. Yeah, you got to fight hate with love. You can't. Yes, yeah, you can't fight not, hate with hate because then it just right. continues to perpetuate itself. You got to be intelligent about it and show heart and compassion, even in their face. Like when the guy called me, uh, you know, said, go back to your own country, camera rider, even though he got it wrong. I, I laughed. You humored him. I laughed and, and I said, hey, man, him. if you're going to be racist, at least get yeah, the shit be right. Be good at it. Humored him and and I, just, him, right? I just smiled at him and said, have a nice night. You know, like me getting angry is not going to help. It's only going to feed into the Well, and it's going to give you the persona that they, oh, you know, crazy, aggressive black dude. Yeah. He's going to just punch and beat the shit out of people. Yeah. Guess what? And you just gave him that. Because then it justifies in their exactly. mind what they're doing. And it doesn't make but us if you don't give them that, better as a growing culture. It, in it plants a seed. If you don't give them that, it plants a seed in their minds to, change, to, to see something else that they haven't seen before. And perhaps maybe down the line, they change their ways. Well, I'm like going, thinking. going back to the uh, the guys in the pickup truck, I'll bet that night lying oh. in bed, the kid who was outside the truck that was right up in your face. You know that guy was lot, thinking. Well, you know, and in addition to everything that you that you said to him and gave him to think about, I bet he was also thinking, you know, I'm glad that guy was a talker. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. It, but not only him. Not just because you're a big guy and you, you look like you could certainly do some damage, yeah. but because... It, it took what was going to be a traumatic night for everyone involved yeah. and brought it back down and 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 humanized the entire well, situation. Who knows, Jay? It may Chaos, have, maybe even changed the other guys' minds. And, and I'll tell you, my that were with them. What who the effect was? My keyboard player. Holy, because oh, yeah. we because after so after that we drove to my <clears> place. So I'm, we're tenth and first. I'm only thirteenth and thirteenth. Mm. So we drove with him. I remember stopped at the gas station, and he was like. Pale. He's already pale, dude. You know, <laughs> probably but he was too. he was blown away. Like, like, like as you said, he he didn't never seen it, and mm-hmm. he was like, I, I, he, he was just saying, I'm sorry, the whole time, and I'm like, why are you sorry? Yeah, I don't. You don't need to be. And he was just, it was brutal. It was I. I never seen somebody just so like. It, for him, it was so traumatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's thinking my race is doing like i can't believe this like he was blown away and i was just trying to cal- calm him down <laughs> yeah and i'm like yo it's done yeah it was messed up but i mean you're you're not at fault like i don't know what else to tell you and he was it's so dramatic even to this day when i do see uh scott and the funny thing is my mom never knew this story because she's not the person i want to tell because she she's she would have went off, you know. <laughs> so it's very emotional he, that way. Yeah, and he finally kind of told her, and she was blown away. She was like, "Oh my god, that really happened!" I just didn't want to tell her because she would have raised oh, hell, yeah. man. The whole city would have been locked down <laughs> if that, you know, don't get a black woman scorned. Sorry, no stereotype there. But I'm just saying, don't, don't a mother scorned. A mo- yeah, because she was going. She went. She would have went off, but she. When she heard him talk about it, and it's cool because I never heard him talk talk about it. It's my, you know, I was talking about it, but when I heard him talk his about it, his voice and everything was so, I like shamed. Like it was just, and then he said, like it was just, he was in pain. Well, it's shame for the race, like the it race was. as a whole doing it that. Was. And yeah. probably some of it would be uh, 
the feeling of guilt that you know he was yes. he was in shock. He, was he, exactly, he wanted to step he up felt and help. So but, see, we've dealt with it growing up all yeah. our lives. We've dealt with you know things, events powerless, here and there, yeah. events mm-hmm. here and there powerless. that were racist and so on. But as a as a young white man that uh, Scott was at the time, um, he had never witnessed it. So of course mm-hmm. it's going to be more traumatic to him more so than Jay. Even mm-hmm. even though it, it could it have was, been a matter of life yeah. or death, literally. Because he's already had experience dealing it. with it all and seeing it his whole life growing up, where Scott never saw it. Yeah, because he felt powerless as yeah. words he used. Like, and I could, and I put myself like I'll do that. I'll put myself in other people's situations and positions. And if I was in his position, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how I would react. To yeah, him. try to think. I'll about be honest. That. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I would have jumped out of the car and thought I thought I would have to fight to the death with his brother instead of just be quiet. That's a hard thing. To be quiet in that situation, yeah. I could not imagine what he was going, was going through, what was going through his head. Up. Being in his damn car, listening to this, that's no, hard to imagine. I, I can't even, it's I would not want to be in his position. No. Mind you, mine wasn't great, but I mean, I just couldn't, I don't know. And they could have really messed on him because he's, he's like the acceptance. Oh, yeah, he's the sympathizer. He's the yeah. guy. Well, like he's they used to say back in the, the day, they used guy. to call him nigger lovers. They, right? could, have, they could have done so something to him. What sometimes if, they do worship well, my word. What if they were like, oh, you you nigger lover, we're going to do something to you. Then it's yeah. like, now I'm going, what do I got to do now? Yeah. That's a whole. Because like, there's a, a lot of things going way. on, man. They could have a thousand shades of red. I'll tell you right now. Yeah. But I'm just lucky and fortunate that that's how it panned out but like i said it doesn't make me um i don't have any hate because of it you can't i really don't not one bit not one bit but we've we've dug pretty deep into into some ugliness here let's pivot to some positive <laughs> let's try to end it on a Thank better you, note okay. well we're uh, thankful we're still here Raise i'm the thankful roof. you guys are here too uh you better be- <laughs> You've got a new album coming out. Talk about that. Oh, man. Woo. Well, we've been working on this for, sucker for a while, man. Um, okay, the album's called Twisted Mirrors. Yeah. That's and a good start. Really good. In the, the title, we're, we're deep brothers. So Twisted Mirrors is as in when you look in the mirror, you see a reflection. But that reflection looking back at you might not be what it, re- what it really is. It's twisted. And that's almost like society and all that stuff. As you see stuff in commercials and you see this, that's not really what's probably going on. Because no. we see different sides of everything. It, what, even in the city, you see different sides wherever you go. Different clubs have different clientele. Mm-hmm. Different, you know, different people have different ideas about everything. Um, I came up with the title Twisted Mirrors. Well, I was writing, Jay asked me to write a hook for this song that we, we had already done the lyrics for put it down and then we didn't have a title or a oh, hook really for the song i had a it was twisted there it, it was going to be twisted something twisted something stuff right? like that you know and i was toying with it and i i don't even know how i got into twisted anything because i wasn't that well, because i already mentioned twisted was already mentioned twisted reality yeah. was what i, I already but it didn't it really work with it but it doesn't so, work so i, I, I was just sat it. there and i came up with stuff and then i says uh Oh, and it just twisted, re- twisted reality. No, no, twisted. Ah, I said mirrors. At first, it was just going to be called the song. Was just, I was just going to call it mirrors, right? And then as I went through it again, I started going double stepping it. So then I said twisted. And I said twisted, twisted mirrors. Oh, and then that rhymed really nicely. And then it came. And then I wrote the hook for it, and I was like, 
okay, I got to call Jay because he's going to flip out now. <laughs> so, so I called him up and I said, yeah, uh, the name of the new song now, uh, the hook uh, is Twisted Mirrors. And he goes, that's now going to be the name for the album, brother. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Because it, it just sums up yep. the whole um, album because we touch everything from politics, love, relationships, Racism. acceptance, everything, everything. right? We're, um, we're, we like to do stuff with... I'm, uh, you know, I'm not going to slam a lot of the modern music, but with actual <laughs> lyrical content and depth. Um, An actual song, not just beginning to put stories, together in, in, stories. in, in loops. Like, yeah. Yeah. Back, back when I was, uh, I was writing for a music magazine years ago, I, I believe I summed up most modern music as being about as deep as a raindrop. Exactly, because yeah. it's, the, it's re- repetition now. Their, yeah. Their attitude is if I say it to you a thousand times, you're going to get it. Yeah. yeah. You're going to say it. Yeah. Okay, that's great. That works for but, certain things, but you can't for everything. Like music has to continue to grow, for another, you know, lack of another word, uh, and and improve and evolve. You can't. And if you can use it to educate, because it's such a strong platform, then use then it. use it to educate, <laughs> right? Because most original artists that did music for you know a lot of them unfortunately the record labels have changed that but original artists did music for themselves a lot and it was a coping and a release mechanism Mm -hmm. for artists that was original music like and they were trying to get talk about what happened original forms Mm -hmm. were like you know i've lost all this they were expressing themselves blues the very passionate music base you know you're you're just passionate and destroyed so you write a song about it you know you're happy you write a song about it you're mad you write a song about it Nowadays, uh, you know, sometimes it's now it's just about um, bling. How many girls can you get? How much money can you get? How, how, how much booty can you, can, can you get? This <laughs> <way>? How <laughs> much drugs can you do? Which you is know, not good yeah. stuff because or, kids are very precious. Yeah, very, mm-hmm. very scary. And and as you already seen and known, there's been a lot of stuff going on just last year yeah. with music and Xanax and mm-hmm. drugs and kids just see that. And like when a, when an artist on stage in front of thousands of people says. Who here is on whatever drug it happens to be right now? And half of the oh, audience is cheering. Yeah, is cheering. That's scary. scary. And also, we're trying to also bring back uh, some positive vibes to to hip hop. Uh, we do do R and B. It's it, it's a collage. We do both because mm-hmm. we both sing and rap. So we're not just doing one aspect of it. We want to touch on everything, but we want to do it in a positive manner. So. You don't hear us curse. You don't hear us belittling women, you know, uh, the B word Mm -hmm. and all that. So, yeah, we try to keep things positive and in a soulful tip when it comes to the music. So, yeah, we got some heavy hitting stuff, too. And now and then we have fun with it. But we're not just about that. And we, we talk about how, like Jay said, we talk about how we feel. If we feel great and we don't want to party, well, guess what? That's going to show in a track. And I've noticed because uh, we have uh, record labels, um, Infinite Elements. But I've noticed now from the stuff that's been going on in the States, which they're in so much despair, well, so time. bad for our brothers in the cell, yeah. that um, me and um, uh, my engineer, Brian, um, have been reaching out to expand <coughs> our collaborative, right? Because we're always about crossing borders and wanting to do work with everybody. A lot of U.S. artists are looking at ca- working with Canadians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm no... And I'm, you know, I don't want to, you know, I'm not wrong to say, but I feel a lot of it is due to the state of, unsta- they're so unstable and it's so chaotic down there. They're looking north and going, oh my God, you know, it's almost Things like I need, there. Some, yeah. I, <laughs> need, I need some collaborative <laughs> stability 
I, you know, they're, they're reaching out and they're working with us Canadians more like I've worked with, we work with a guy from Virginia and a guy from Texas and just, it's crazy, yeah. but they're really reaching out and they got really great work ethic and skill set. Obviously the U S is crazy on the skills for music and that. But they're coming is. from such different backgrounds. Yeah. You'll, you'll look at uh, you'll look at problems in completely different ways. Well, so find, even more creative solutions. But we're finding out because, for example, a guy I talked to in in, in Cincinnati, Ohio, um, on Skype, he uh, basically has owns a company that owns masters of a, a lot of old soul songs, mm-hmm. and we used uh, basically a, a a piece of one of those songs as a sample in one of our tracks, and it's so clear. I, yeah, so I actually that's yeah, cleared now. So I actually actually <laughs> talked to him in person on Skype and played the song for him mm-hmm. that we and he was blown away. He saw I never thought about doing it like that. And <laughs> just, oh my god, you guys, the way you t- what? He was like, and he loved the track. He was freaking out. Yes, you can use the sample, <laughs> you know. So I'm like, Send it but right. but he's like he's like I never knew guys like you existed up in Canada. I'm like really. You know, so we're opening more doors, more board, through the border that way, where they're getting to know us a bit better because they I said, dude, we're just like you guys. We grew up on Motown. We grew up on, you know, hip hop, you know. Well, 90 percent of our media is coming from south of the border anyway. Yeah. So we're, we're all well, raised so on America. We grew up on. Well, you know, they, so. they, know, they know Drake. Yeah. They know mm-hmm. Justin Bieber, so yeah. because of those guys, thank, thank and you. And The weekend, And they are like the top, some of the top three dudes in the music game. And they're, thank God, they're all they've been killing it. It raised a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. For the last few years, it's so, been the top guys have been pretty much all Canadian. Which has helped us. Which has helped. I don't want to yeah, say it's lent credibility. Yeah. It does. And yeah. people will. So take now they're looking the North at Canada serious. a little differently now. They'll mm-hmm. take the North more serious, yeah. right? Yeah. They're like, oh, they got guys up there. They got, you know, yeah. they got the weekend. They, they, they got Justin Bieber. They some some of the biggest stars great. in America on, are really Canadians, now, dudes, so. which is great for us. So it's been, it's worked out great. So the album will be available maybe the latter part of next month, Fe- February. Yeah, we, okay. we don't have just because we just finished artwork. Well, yes, you know, and stuff like that. Now we're doing that now. So we we will. Get you all that information. Yeah. CD release party. We'll we'll let you know when that's going to happen. Liam. Awesome. You're definitely yeah, invited. Definitely. You're coming. You better. And uh, <laughs> we'll share we'll share all this around our social media as well. We'll get uh, get the word out as much as we can. Uh, any other projects you guys are working on that you want to hype up? Oh, um, well. Oh, just by the way, uh, um, the facts. Everybody thinks it's spelled the, the regular way. It's T H A F A X. Because T H E was taken. Yeah. <laughs> and I did it quick. And you're and you're going to modify the vowel. I had to search the name. I had to modify the vowel. I had to search the name. And it was a band in Asia, Japan. Wasn't it? Japan, yeah. you know? a Japan. Japanese band. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Are you serious? So we just changed the E to an A. I'm like, that, that works. Yeah. You know. So we're good now. <laughs> Sorry for the grammar. Oh, but yeah, we're doing um, the facts named after the great city Halifax. Yes, of course. the facts. And <laughs> oh, it's you, you see it in they're, our They're not in our named logo. after a fax machine. You see the Halifax <laughs> bridge. I created in uh, uh, the logo and the, the bridge for the uh, A in the middle is yeah. the bridge. In, in Halifax. So, um, yeah, we've got a few things going on. Uh, besides the album, uh, we have, uh, we're working on, we're going to start doing some webisodes for YouTube comedy skits. We are comedians. That, that we're, yeah, we do a lot of things. Uh, we're also going to be, uh, we're in a movie um, that's been filmed in Montreal. I do a fight scene. Jay is a prominent uh, character. Oh, in promoter. Yeah, mm-hmm. in, in this uh, movie as well. Short, there's, there's three, it's a trilogy of short films. Mm-hmm. And uh, the premiere for that is probably going to be next month as well. It's called Paying Dues. Yep, Paying Dues. And um, 
So what else we got going on besides that? Oh, well, after that, we're going to start working on, of course, my album, my solo album as well. We're also going to be doing uh, our program called Rap for Reason, which we're trying to get um, going as a, perhaps, we have to talk to uh, the mayor still about that, uh, as an after-school uh, program for kids here in Calgary. It's a six-week community-based, uh, youth-centered uh, program where we teach youth urban music from beginning to end and use as a coping mechanism yeah. and as a release, positive release system. Awesome. That was so we're also <laughs> we're also doing something for uh, Black History Month. We're trying to get together. It's called Black History Theater to educate uh, a lot of folks about black people in Canada. You know how many times I've been asked, and Jay Ross here. Surprised. People, Y'all you know got black times, people in Canada? You no, know, but here's, here's the thing. How many times <laughs> I'm, I've been asked growing up, whether it was in school, whether it was at work, at a job, where, oh, um, are, where are you from? And I'm Halifax. like, Halifax, um, Halifax <laughs> Nova Scotia. How did you Well, no, but where are you from? Like, um, Canadian. Uh, no, I mean, like, where, was your, where, where did you come from? Uh, Canada. And it, for some reason, it's like the, everybody thinks that only white people have been part of this country from the beginning. I, I have to tell them, I say, well, well, let me put it this way. On both sides of my family, my family's been here since before Canada was a country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm as Canadian as it gets, you know, but the, then they look at you. What? And then the wheels start turning. You can almost even see the gears start to turn around and they're thinking now, there was black people and, here. And, and we're not saying we expect <laughs> you know? everybody to know the history because that would be crazy for me to think everybody needs to know black history yeah. or the Underground Railroad and the black loyalists and all that. Yeah. But all, all I do is if, if it happens with me, I just say those two names and I say we go research it. Yeah. It's just the easier way because, you know, I don't I don't expect everybody. Like I if, if, if I was talking to a Spanish guy, I'm not going to automatically know their I'm not going to. I'll be honest. I don't know their history. Yeah. So, but I, you're not going to look at him and assume he's a conquistador no, here for your I'm point. No, I'm not. I'm <laughs> well, not. No. But what I'll ask him is, yo, tell me about you. What, what's your ancestors? What's your family? Yeah. What's your family? And that just opens up. It's just like, like I said, it's easier ways to just. There's better ways get to get away do around it. it. Get get around it and ask people. And it's and I am interested. Yeah, I love it. And I have no problem stuff. telling people so, where our family came yeah. from, but I want them to know firsthand up front. My family is as Canadian as it gets. I'm ninth generation. You know, guy. We've been here yeah. since right. before Canada was. Canada it's was like, only 150. Mm-hmm. We were we were here in the 1700s, bro. 1700s. Like my mom told me you're you're ninth. I'm like, holy jeez. And when people <laughs> back when it was when, just the colonies. When people yeah. yeah, when people hear that come out my mouth, they're like shocked. And I'm like, you guys really need to research Canadian history, especially Canadian Black history. And here's the thing too that. The problem is, a lot of the time in the school system, they're not taught that. I was never taught this. I had to learn a lot of this stuff but from my own family. The thing is, I have daughters in the system, know? and they are now, now being educated now. on the but when we were coming up, stuff, which is really cool. We weren't taught that really stuff. Awesome. I never learned about Acroville until my mother told me. And here's the funny thing. It was never taught in schools. Mm-hmm. So n- none of the other kids growing up ever knew about Acroville, what happened to the people there. I dated a girl from Vancouver a few years back. She was taught on the other side of the country about Africville. And I was shocked because we were talking to her. So, yeah, my family comes from, some of my family's from Africville. And she goes, oh, 
oh man, that was that was some bullshit. <laughs> you know that <laughs> happened to them, and she was angry. And I was like, calm down. I was like, wait a minute. I'm like, wait a minute. You you know about that? And she's like, yeah, they taught at you know in elementary school. And I said, well, they sure the hell didn't teach it where I grew up. And that's where it happened. Mm-hmm. You know, but I digress. I, we we have to move on from that. And we have to move forward in every way of or sense of the word with everything. So we're doing that Black History Month and it's... Um, You're going to have a busy February. Yeah, trying, yeah. Right. trying to tie it into board right. education because it's going to be high school and junior highs, which makes yeah. sense because that's usually the demographic. All the emails are out. The millennials. Mm-hmm. That's the all of them already. Yeah. So we'll be hearing back, I'm sure, from some of them pretty soon um, with regards to doing that. It's going to be probably like a half hour presentation and show we're going to perform a couple songs for them that have touch on you know uh race and politics and stuff like that as well mm-hmm. um we're looking forward to it yeah we're it. looking forward to doing that because we uh, we like to give back and we like to educate we're both educators in different ways jay was a you know as you know a youth development worker mm-hmm. for many years um I've been a martial arts and dance instructor for many years, and we both decided that's part of the reason why Jay came to me and said, I'd like you to be my partner in this Rap for Reason program because we both come with different, you know, talents and bring that to to, to bear when we are going to teach because we both you know, are able to teach people. But we like to pass on what we've learned and we want to educate. We also want to give children, uh, like Jay was saying earlier, we want to give them a way to get through life without just blowing up all the time, have a coping mechanism that helps them get through situations maybe, and maybe even help them later on in life with jobs and all that kind of thing, you know? Education. Give them an outlet with music. An outlet is, that outlet is awesome. Music is awesome for that. Because they can get out every feeling that they're having, whether it's anger, whether it's sadness or grief, um, or happiness, you know, just happy about something. Well, and music is the universal language. Yeah, it is. And, and it doesn't true. matter if it's... It's a cliche, but it's, it's, it's true. But it's true. And it, it, it doesn't even... It doesn't matter what kind of music it is. And it can bring people together. It's just... Majorly. N- there isn't anybody who doesn't, at, at some deep down level, appreciate music. And of, there's no child out there kind. that yeah. doesn't know music these days. And especially mm-hmm. hip-hop and R&B and pop. And that, you know, yeah. that every kid is into music. Whatever music, is, you know, but... It's very prevalent. And if you can bring that, like we say, if you can bring that to them, something that they enjoy doing and give them that as an outlet, they're going to love it and they're going to take to it. And that's why one of the reasons we decided to do it. Well, we're going to post a whole pile of links into the, uh, into the liner notes of this. <laughs> I'm sure it's gone a lot longer than six minutes. Yeah, we've got, we've, we've got a new record here. <laughs> Uh, watch for the new album, Twisted Mirrors, gonna be coming out in February. Thank you so much for taking the time to, uh, to join me and tell your stories. No problem. I hope everyone out there has enjoyed this episode. If you have, hit up Google Play, iTunes, podcast.com, wherever fine podcasts are sold. Make sure to uh, subscribe so that you never miss a future episode. And while you're there, uh, give us a rating, give us a review. The more of those that we have, the higher we'll show up in search results, allowing us to find more guests, bring more stories to more of you. If you have a story that you want to share, you can find us at capturinglegacies.com or on Facebook at Capturing Legacies or at A Story Not Forgotten, as well as on Twitter at A Story Not Forgot. And until next time, everybody has a story to tell and it's time to tell yours. Thanks.